blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Your hosts, Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no holds bar trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm your co host, John Spees. And today we are wrapping up the quote unquote play in round for the 2022 patron tournament. After this, we're basically diving all through the round of 32 and then 16 and then the semifinal or the the uh, quarterfinals, which I'm calling the quarto finals, uh, and then the semifinals, which I'm calling the semifinals because <laughs> coming to America semi, hello, uh, and then <laughs> the Teddy Dew Championship from Stand, uh, Stand By Me. Anyway, that's uh, all in the future. Today, we have got two fantastic contenders in one corner you'll hear his voice frequently on the wonderful brain ladle trivia podcast and i've heard he's got the biggest ball of twine in minnesota it's barry easy mode shockle barry please say hi and tell everybody a little bit about yourself hello everyone well i'm up in freezing minnesota and you know and we uh we're a hearty bunch up here so but uh just uh hoping to get through winter again you know yeah, <laughs> I I don't know because I've lived in warm climates and I'm happy. I lived in Denver for four years and I will never go back to the snow. I cannot stand it. But but best of luck to you. Uh, you are <laughs> better than I. Well, it's not just the snow and it's not just the cold. It's that we have about six and a half or seven months of this. Uh, oh, oh. that's awful. But you know, our, <laughs> I don't. I do not understand it. Uh, John is a warm weather gal himself. Uh, I believe, you know, in the Vegas area, but uh, another, another cold front person coming against you today. Uh, he's hailing from the Chicago area, the greater Chicago area. He's a true guilty pleasure like Tommy Wiseau's The Room or Trace Atkins' Honky Tonk Badonkadonk. It's Jeremy. He's so bad. He's Goodson. Jeremy, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, that's definitely a new one. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. Well, I mean, the room and honky tonk badonkadonk are so bad they're good. I thought it, uh, you know, just like you. You're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm Jeremy. I'm an IT tech uh, from the Chicago area, and I am a trivia junkie and streamer. Yes, that, that's about it. Uh, I think I've mentioned a lot of that before on the show, and uh, yeah, we've got two trivia masters here who have uh, been making their rounds. They know what to do, um, but we need to let everybody know our rules. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants, but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. 
All right, now everybody knows the rules for our little show. I want to get to know Barry and Jeremy just a little bit better. Um, I know Jeremy is right around my age. Barry, you might have a just a little bit more age on us, so you might actually have crushed on these people at the right time. Jeremy and I probably saw the movies later on, but I want to know, because John and I had this discussion on our other show, Blast From Our Past, who is your favorite 80s crush? If you had to pick one, who is your top 80s crush of all time? That is, let me see. Christy Brinkley would certainly be up there. Uh, she's attractive. Uh, so and she's, she's quite nice. There are a few of them like that, you know? There, there are a few of them like that. Okay. So we got Christy Brinkley as one choice. What about you? No, Jeremy? wait, wait. My, my wife. <laughs> oh, okay. My wife. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. Crap, I blew that one. Yeah. <laughs> Great, Jeremy. Uh, I also choose this guy's wife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I have to go 80s. Yeah, um, you have to go 80s. They got to be popular in the 80s. Okay. Then uh, I have to think back to when I was in high school watching some older movies and coming across Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And the scene with Phoebe Cates uh, sticks out in my mind. <laughs> I bet it does. And I bet it did when you were a younger <laughs> man as well. Yeah. As much as I would like to pick Barry's wife, I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> I just don't know her well enough. But I have seen... Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and I think, and actually, I had Phoebe Cates on my list, and Christy Brinkley was unfortunately nowhere near the list. So that means, uh, Jeremy, you get to pick first on uh, today's episode. All right, let's go uh, toys and games. Okay. And we're starting off in the 90s. Okay. Name these small collectible skeletal figurines. That became a popular fad during the late 1990s. There were hundreds of individual characters, each having a unique face and name. Other than the collectible nature, there are multiple games that can be played with the figurines. Okay, skeletal, like that, that um, I think that helps a lot with this one because I'm trying to picture, I'm picturing these things. I'm trying to remember what they're called. I know exactly what you're talking about. At least I think I'm probably going to get the name wrong, but I'm just going to go with the first thing that popped to my head and say crazy bones. Crazy bones is correct. Is correct. Nicely done. Yeah, I remember those things. I I did not. I did not remember crazy bones, but they must. They were like they came at like the grocery store, uh, like the aisles and something like that. They like hang on the little uh, thing, uh, Uh, like the little. You know, where there's like random crap, like if you go to like the grocery store or Walmart yep. or yeah, they, they were like tiny, they're like, you know, this big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Barry, you get to pick your category. News and politics. Okay. And we're going back to the 60s. Construction of this structure began on August 13th, 1961. It was nearly 12 feet high and and approximately 27 miles long, with 302 guard towers and 55,000 anti-personnel explosive devices. Well, considering that I was actually behind it once, uh, serious, it's the Berlin Wall. Oh, nice. You want to tell us a little bit of story on that? Sure. I was a criminal investigator in the Army and got to... uh, uh, be a envoy for uh, seven days and went behind the Iron Curtain and saw all of it. And at Checkpoint Charlie, I don't know if it was for 
uh, effect or not, but you heard the guns go off and uh, as we were waiting to go through Checkpoint Charlie. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, if people ever actually saw what was behind there, they'd appreciate America a lot better. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you for your service. And yes, the Berlin Wall is correct. <laughs> All right. All right. Jeremy, you get to pick your next category. Um, all right. I am uh, increasingly less interesting uh, <laughs> as this game goes on. Uh, I'm but you know go... about you know about crazy bones. You've seen them in the grocery store. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> Let's go with TV. Okay. And we're going back to the 90s. Oh, wow. Okay. From 1994 to 1997, what SNL cast member would open each segment of Weekend Update by stating his name saying... And now the fake news. 1994 to 1997, you said? Uh, that is exactly what I said. It sounds like the right era. I'm, I'm, I'm between two people because there are two who like in that time frame, at least around there, did it. Crud. And I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm torn between Norm MacDonald and Phil Hartman, who did it for a while. But I don't think Phil Hartman because I was still on the show in 97. So I'm going to go Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald is correct. Yep. Uh, Phil Hartman was actually, not to my knowledge, a big old yeah. uh, weekend. Maybe you're thinking of Kevin Nealon. Yeah. Thank Kevin you. Nealon yeah, was I before. I didn't mean Kevin Nealon, yep. but yeah. And then it was Colin Quinn after uh, yeah. Norm MacDonald. So. And then Phil Hartman had those little segments on there, and that's kind of where I was getting confused, too. Yes. I remember him on there. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if he was the host either, but here oh. we are. All right, Barry, we're coming back to you. Oh, I suppose let's try... Uh... Let's try music. Okay. And your decade is the 2000s. Oh, jeez. All right, so we have a complete the lyrics question. All right, no singing, but you're going to have to complete the last three words of this Britney Spears 2000 hit uh, from the song Oops, I Did It Again. Okay? I think I did it again. I made you believe we're more than just friends, oh, baby. It might seem like a crush. But it doesn't mean that I'm serious, because to lose all my senses, that is just blank, blank, blank. Lost my mind. I don't know. So I'd say lost my mind. That is just lost my mind is incorrect. Jeremy, do you know these lyrics? I think so. <laughs> Do I have, I'm hearing the song in my head. You know that means I'm you probably head. should sing the song if you want to. I lose all my senses. That's just so typically me. Oh, baby. Oops. Yes, it is so typically me are the lyrics I'm looking for. All right. So Jeremy gets the steal. And Jeremy, you got to pick your next category. Um, I'm. <laughs> I'm going to go with movies. <laughs> nice. And we're going back to the 60s. Okay. What is the last name of the Austrian family that Julie Andrews's character becomes a governess for in 1965's The Sound of Music? Uh, that would be the Van Pelt family. Van Pelt is incorrect. Oh. Barry, can you oh, steal? Oh, Sound of Music. Von Trapp. Yeah. Von Trapp is correct that is correct <laughs> yes. i fell into that 
<laughs> All right. Barry Steele's back. And now, Barry, you got to pick your category. Uh, let's hope uh, it's the right decade, but go with sports. Okay. And your decade is the 90s. Okay. In 1999, this person defeated world number one Martina Hingis in straight sets to win the U.S. Open. She would later go on to win 22 more Grand Slam victories, second only to Margaret Court. Martina Navratilova. Martina Navratilova is incorrect. Jeremy, can you steal? I'm trying to remember. I am really not good at this, uh, at tennis. You said second to Margaret Court? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's not Navratilova. I'm going to... I don't think it's right, but I'm going to say Steffi Graf. Steffi Graf is incorrect. Is it? Hold on. I think... Is Chris Everett? It's not Chris Everett. Oh, this wow. is the 90s, right, John? Didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. John, do you know the answer to this one? It may seem early, but I'm going to say Serena Williams. Serena Williams won her first... Grand Slam in 1999. Yes, Serena Williams was the uh, name oh. I was looking for. Okay. okay. All right. Um, no points awarded. We are going back to Jeremy. All right. I'm going to go with slang. Okay. And your decade is the 2000s. Every generation has to warm up to a new way to say something is cool. If not... We'd be calling stuff the bee's knees or groovy still. What two-word phrase from the 2000s does exactly that and was popularized by Paris Hilton in her show, The Simple Life? And and what phrase are we looking for? Like neat and bee's knees is what you said? It basically means something is cool. Something is cool. I'm I'm having trouble with this one. Although I never watched The Simple Life, so... So this is, um, I'm going to go with On Fire. On Fire is incorrect. Barry, what is your Simple Life Paris Hilton knowledge? I'd say probably on par with your Berlin Wall knowledge, huh? Eh, maybe? Well, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say it's hot. It's hot. Uh, I'll give it to you. I, I, John, I was looking for John's face. I'm gonna. It's technically it's that's hot, uh, but it's hot is right there. Jammer, you were close with on fire, but yes, we're gonna give you. We're gonna give you that's hot slash it's I, hot. All right. So I, I feel hot. like hot is the oper is the operative part of yeah. that phrase. So fair, 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 fair. So all right. So Barry gets the steal, and Barry, you got to pick between fashion, literature, and food left. Well, I suppose we'll try the literature part. Okay. Always a good call. We're staying in the 2000s. Okay. The 2000s. Armando Munoz first appeared in 2006 in X-Men Deadly Genesis number two. He is known by what code name to his fellow X-Men? He has powers of self-protection and continuous circumstantial evolution. The character appeared also appeared in the 2011 film X-Men First Class. Well, I'll save any embarrassment by telling you that uh, I know almost nothing of comics, and I would be amongst those who said comics is not literature uh, <laughs> because it has pictures. Uh, but it also has words. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. All right. Um, 
I, I have no clue. I'll pass. All right, passing over to Jeremy. Do you know this one? Um, I'll take the opposite stance and say that I, I think comics are literature uh, just because I, I grew up on comics and I'm a still to this day. I don't worry as many as I used to, but I'm still a big comic fan um, and enjoy the conventions. Uh, Armando Munoz is Darwin. Darwin is correct. And here on uh, Throwback Trivia Takedown, we do lend towards comic books equals literature. (laughs) (laughs) I won't say anything about your culture. uh... (laughs) That's fine. We'll leave it at that. I know. I know. I am low class. I don't care. (laughs) Good. I have. I. I am okay with my place in life. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, Jeremy gets a steal. Do you want food or fashion? Uh, Let's go food. All right. I have no fashion sense. <laughs> We're staying in the 2000s. Wow. Okay. McDonald's launched what burger in 2002 in Norway and Denmark? It was made up of a beef patty, cheese, lettuce, and tomato wrapped in a pita bread. It attracted significant public criticism as a result of its name and a major famine that was happening in Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Zambia, and surrounding countries at the time. Ooh. Norway and Denmark, and it came in a pita, you said? Mm-hmm. In which countries? Uh, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Zambia, and surrounding countries at the time. I have no idea. I know that those are... You know what? They're in Africa. I'm going to say it's the Africa. The Africa is correct! No! Wow! <laughs> yes! No! Yep! McDonald's made the Africa in Norway and Denmark, and they got butchered by the press of course with a name like that. <laughs> just right i have no idea I, I literally like i'm making this up those are african countries that's it how yeah. okay if i no who's who's in charge of their marketing department <laughs> because no yeah. yep the mick africa <laughs> that is correct all right that leaves barry with fashion to end around one all right <laughs> all right and we are going to the 70s all right, uh, I've got a question from Jackie Lefebvre. Thank you, Jackie. First introduced in the 1970s, this plastic device, similar to a stapler, allows users to add various rhinestones and other assorted studs to fabrics and similar materials. Okay. Say that again, if you would. First introduced in the 1970s, this plastic device similar to a stapler, allows users to add various rhinestones or other assorted studs to fabrics and similar materials. Oh. I know what you're talking about. Um, okay. Um, shoot. I can picture it. Um, I, I have to pass. I can't, I can't think of what's... Um, no, I can't think of it. Okay, can't think of it. Jeremy, can you think of it? Um, the only thing I could think of that even semi meets that description, and I don't know if that's what it is, I believe, though, it is a bedazzler. Yes. The bedazzler is yeah. correct. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think I, of. I wasn't sure if that was something that came about later, where it was no. like they started calling it that, and I'm like, if it's something else, I don't know. No. No, the famous bedazzler. Uh, All right, that is the end of round one. John, could you please give us our score update? 
All right. Well, the McAfrica gave Jeremy a slight edge going into round two. Uh, he has 60 to Barry's 30. <laughs> All right. All right. Since, Jeremy, you get to you got to start off round one, that means, Barry, you get to pick for Jeremy to start off round two. Jeez, what doesn't he know? Um, let's try fashion. Yep. Back to fashion. And your decade is the 80s. Okay. What Danish jewelry manufacturer was founded in 1982? The company is best known for its customizable charm bracelets, designer rings, earrings, and necklaces. Hmm. Danish? Mm-hmm. That doesn't help me at all with fashion. I have no idea. Um, I, uh, I have no idea on this one. Um, trying to think of something that even looks uh, Danish at all. Um, uh, you know what? I, honestly, I have nothing. I, I don't even have a guess, and that's that's unlikely me. I can usually pull something out, but I know nothing about this. You chose perfectly on what category I know nothing <laughs> about, unless it's like something that was right in front of my face. You, I couldn't tell you a Danish fashion designer if you asked me. Nothing? All right, so we're going to pass over to Barry. Barry, do you know this one? Well, it's it's not a great pick if I don't know the answer, which I don't. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I was going to try and think of something creative like IKEA's cousin, but uh, that wouldn't uh, work. So uh, I'll uh, I'll pass. Yeah, you're, you guys were focusing on the Danish part. You really wanted y'all to focus on the customizable charm bracelets. Um, John, do you know this one with the? Uh, I don't. Pandora. Pandora does the customizable charms bracelets that uh, you can get for your loved one. But yes, so that is who I was looking for. And no points awarded. And that means, Jeremy, you're going to pick the category for Barry. All right. Well, the only Pandora I know is a uh, music thing. But uh, we're not going to go with music yet. Uh, let's <laughs> go with uh, food. Okay. And we have our first 50s question. All right. What regional fast food chain was founded in 1950 in Corpus Christi, Texas? Beloved by locals, there are currently more than 670 stores in Texas alone and over 150 in New Mexico, Arizona, and other southern United States. Hmm. Okay, let's, uh, let's go over that one more time. Of course. What regional fast food chain was founded in 1950 in Corpus Christi, Texas? Beloved by locals, there are currently more than 670 stores in Texas alone, or restaurants in Texas alone, and over 150 in New Mexico, Arizona, and other southern United States. Um, let's try Whataburger. Whataburger is totally overrated, but yes, correct. It is Whataburger. <laughs> and can't go anywhere gonna... in Texas without seeing a Whataburger. Man, it's everywhere. I had to try. I tried it when I drove through, and it's... Fine. I'm pretty sure I got sick off a of Whataburger when I was a little kid and have had an aversion to it ever since. Oh, come on, guys. guys. <laughs> it's, you know, we're probably going to lose some uh, some fans there, maybe some patrons there. But I think it's I mean, granted, California, same kind of thing. In-N-Out is overrated, but In-N-Out's I, a better burger than Whataburger, in my opinion. But still, yes, they're both overrated. I, as I've had both and I, I agree they're, they're are they better than McDonald's? Absolutely. I think I think yeah. that's what you're like really have to base it up against. Out of the other fast food burgers, which one is better? It's like they're not great, <laughs> but 
Yeah, I would eat Whataburger or In-N-Out over McDonald's any day. Sure. Sure, I agree with that. So, Well, I, I know that because my daughter lives in Texas and I've happened to have eaten there <laughs> on nice. occasion. So. There you go. Uh, all right, Barry and you are now picking for Jeremy. Well, let's see. Let's try slang. Okay. And your decade is the 90s. The 90s were the beginning of the acronym craze, much in part to the rise of instant messaging. I, for one, definitely use the acronym BRB that meant what? As an avid uh, MMO gamer uh, over the years, I've used this plenty of times. Uh, BRB would be be right back. Be right back is correct. Absolutely. You put that, put it on your away message on AOL, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm. All right. And Jeremy, you get to pick for Barry. Um, uh, he's probably going to be good at it, but I'm going to go with one of my other weak categories and go sports. Okay. And your decade is the 80s. Okay. What German Bundesliga team dominated the 80s by being the league champion six out of 10 years? In total, they've won the league 31 times, far more than any other team. Well, it's pretty close to my name, so I picked them. Let's go Shockwell. Shockwell is incorrect. Jeremy, can you steal? Maybe. I feel like this just came up on another trivia cast not that long ago. But uh, basically what basically what I'm narrowing it down to is which city in Germany do I name and hope that that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm between I, I feel like these were both mentioned I'm between Frankfurt and Munich. And I'm going to go Munich. And that's as, that's as far as I can go. I couldn't tell you the full name of the team. I'm just going to name a city. Munich is close enough. It's Bayern Munich. Yes, I'll give you. I'm giving you Munich. Because it is. That's, that's my other guess. Yep. Bayern Munich is correct. All right. Stealing the sports question. And Barry, now you've got to give him his next category. Yeah, let's, uh, let's try. Uh, it's better toys and games. So, all right. Let's try. Let's try toys and games. <clears throat> okay. And your decade is the 50s. Starting in May of 1951 and lasting until at least 1995, paper dolls were printed in most issue uh, issues of McCall's magazine. Children would cut out the printed dolls and clothing, and, and they would become so popular that various sized vinyl dolls were also produced. The doll's last name was McCall for the magazine, but what was the doll's first name? I'm, uh, this is definitely not my wheelhouse. Um, I, I, I remember seeing like pictures of this where it was like dresses and things they would cut out, but I have no idea what the name of the doll is. Um, the only doll from that era I can think of, at least from the early era, um, would be Chatty Kathy. So that's as far as I, that's, that's what I got. Chatty Kathy McCall. <laughs> Chatty Kathy McCall is incorrect. Barry, can you steal? Well, I don't think so. I wish you would have asked for McCall's. I had that part. Mm -hmm. um, let's fifties, uh, huh? Well, let's go with Margaret. Margaret McCall is incorrect. Gee, really? 
Yeah, these are Betsy McCall, the Betsy McCall dolls. So close, close, close. You know, in, in somewhere in, I would never have pulled it, but somewhere in the back of my brain when you said that, it just kind of twitched. Like, <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Would never have pulled it, though. All right. Uh, Jeremy, you are going to give Barry either literature, news and politics, TV, music, or movies. Let's go literature. Okay. Hoping for a comics question, I assume. <laughs> and your decade is the 90s. The 90s. First published in 1991, what avian-sounding book by Chinese-born British author Zhong Cheng contains the biographies of her grandmother and her mother, and then also her own autobiography. It's been translated to 37 languages and sold 13 million copies, though it's banned in China. Hmm. Uh, Read that again, please. Of course. First published in 1991, what avian-sounding book by Chinese-born British author Zheng Cheng contains the biographies of her mother and her grandmother, as well as her own autobiography. It's been translated to 37 languages and sold 13 million copies, though it is banned in China. Butterfly. Butterfly is incorrect. Jeremy, can you steal? Um, I think I can, because I feel like I read this in high school for a advanced literature class or early college, maybe. Um, and I, I don't think you're that far off with butterflies. If it's the book I'm thinking of, and I could be completely wrong here, um, it's called Wild Swans. Wild Swans is correct. Uh, the subtitle being Three Daughters of China. Wow. Good pull, Jeremy. Good pull, Jeremy. I, I, actually, I think it was my freshman year <clears throat> of college. I took a um, a couple literature classes. I was wanting to go into writing uh, at the time. And uh, this was in, I think, the band books section. We had to read a bunch of band books. Ah, nice. Very cool. All right. He gets the steal. And uh, Barry, what category are you going to send his way? News and politics. I don't think we've covered. We have not. And he's got to deal with the 50s. Okay. On May 29th, 1953... New Zealand mountaineer Sir Edmund Hillary reached the summit of the world's tallest mountain, Mount Everest. Of course, he never would have been able to make the successful trip without the help of what Nepalese Sherpa? God, I know this. Um, This is another one of those where I, I have to rack. Hold on. Edmund Hillary. And is it? Do I get this wrong? Is it Norgay? That's my guess. Norgay is correct. Tenzing Norgay is the name of the Nepalese Sherpa. And I think Barry was waiting for you yeah. to miss it to try and jump on it. Absolutely was. That was one of those. It, it's in there and yep. I've heard it enough. But in my head, I'm like, no, you're thinking of Norway. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jeremy, we have got three categories left, and which one do you want to give to Barry? Stu Music. Okay. And your decade is the 60s. In 1967, which band was recording their first album, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn, at Abbey Road while the Beatles were recording Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band? Lonely Hearts Club Band. The name of the album again? The Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Why? I'm a 60s music guy. 
Hmm. Can't think of other British names. Sixty-seven. Stones are way before them. The planet is before them. Um, I'm going to say faces. The faces is incorrect, but a fantastic band that I don't think enough people know about. Uh, Everybody should go listen to the faces. Very awesome. Rod Stewart, you know, you get some bluesies and like Jeff Beck in that group as well. Yeah. Yeah, some awesome blue stuff with the faces. So, uh, incorrect answer, but I'm glad you brought the faces up so we can talk about them. Jeremy, can you steal this one? Uh, I think so. I'm pretty sure uh, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn is a Pink Floyd album. Pink Floyd is correct. Okay. Getting the steal. And now, Barry, do you want him to take on movies or TV? Uh, Let's try giving him movies. Okay. And your decade is the 70s. Okay. And we have a famous lines question. So I want you to name the 1979 movie in which the following line occurs. It was never easy for me. I was born a poor black child. I remember the day sitting on the porch with my family singing and dancing down in Mississippi. Hmm. You said this was what year? 1979. I've seen this. Oh, I think I got it. Uh, Is this from The Jerk? I was born a poor black child, is what Steve Martin says. Yes, it is. The Jerk. Uh, Oh, my God. That threw me off so hard. I'm like, I know this line, and I don't feel like it was serious. No. Nope. Good call. And that well, leaves. <laughs> so why is it that a lot of the questions he's getting, I knew the answers to yeah. those. <laughs> that, yeah, I know how that so, goes. So it goes. All right, Barry, you're going to end things off in the TV world. All right. And your decade is the 80s. Before Saved by the Bell, there was Good Morning Miss Bliss in 1988. And the title character of Miss Bliss was played by what Parent Trap actress? Well, Parent Trap, that'd be... Well, I'd have to say Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan is incorrect. Jeremy, can you steal? Oh, I I think Will Dennison might end me if I get this wrong. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I think her name. Yeah, I think that I think it's who it is. I'm trying to picture her because in the parent trap, um, it's not the new parent trap. It's the old parent trap. uh, And I think it's Haley Mills. Yeah. Haley Mills is correct. See, I wasn't sure if you if it was the new one, the old one. Um, I think Lindsay Lohan would have been probably about two years old or something when that show started. Yeah. Yeah, pretty close to, yeah. I felt it would have been pretty little too easy if I said the 1961 Parent Trap. Well, that would have been made it easier. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, and we might have an easy final for one of our people. Uh, John, what is our score update? All right, well, unfortunately, Jeremy put the nail in the coffin with the jerk. Uh, he has 130 to Barry's 40. That he does, but I just want to remind Jeremy that he has got a chance to be the highest scorer in 
Throwback trivia history, if you wager correctly here. Just wanted you to know that. The highest score that we've seen is 220, I think it was. Or maybe it was 240 from um, Sam Carr. I can't remember. Uh, It's around that. But, Jeremy, you have a chance to just think about that. Throwback trivia takedown history. See, that's that was my whole strategy going yeah. in. Is, is yes, allowing him to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah, a line from we'll take a line from a '90s TV show. Well, that's here. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. Richard Carn. I think a lot, he gets a lot of crap, but I think he was he was hilarious in that show, and I like I really liked him in Family Feud. Uh, all right, so Jeremy, as you are in the lead, what category do you want to come into uh, in the final round? Um. Well, it bit me last round, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it because it's been kind of a tradition here. I'm gonna do toys and games. Mm-hmm. All right, and your decade will be the 2000s. Okay. And Barry, what category would you like to join into the final round? News and politics. Okay. And the decade there will be the 70s. All right. So I need the two of you to write down your wagers. Based on 2000s toys and games and 70s news and politics. Think about it hard, Jeremy. You could be the highest scorer in throwback trivia takedown history. <laughs> Come on, have some courage, Jeremy. Yeah. I'll, I'll have a little bit of courage just for the heck of it. But All right. You good? Yep. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to start things off in our 2000s toys and games. In 2003... Tiger Electronics released what PVD player? The system used discs called PVDs, which are personal video discs, uh, which could store about 30 minutes of content. Uh, But being discs, they were prone to skip. And our 70s news and politics question. Passed in 1970, the RICO Act is a federal law designed to combat organized crime in the United States. It's been used to prosecute members of the Mafia, the Hells Angels, and Operation Rescue, among many others. What does RICO stand for? All right, while our two contestants are thinking about their answers, I want every single one of you to go check out the BFOPnetwork.com. BFOPnetwork.com. That's B-F-O-P network.com. Go check out our other shows. Go check out their Patreons. Like, they have some fantastic content, and they're all putting out amazing content on their own. You'll find all of our shows on BFOPnetwork.com. All right. Do either of you need uh, either the 2000s Toys and Games or the 70s News and Politics question again? You know, I think I got it. I was just trying to... Uh, I was going over letters in my head. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready as well. Okay. All right. Um, Jeremy, as you were in the lead, let's just uh, get things started off with you. Um, What are your answers to the 2000s toys and games and the 70s news and politics question? All right. So the Tiger Electronics thing, I remember uh, like wanting ones because I was a techie kid. Um, If it's what I'm thinking of, I could be wrong. I think it's called the video now. And Rico, if I can read my chicken scratch, I believe stands for the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. So Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. All right. And Barry, what were your answers to the same 2000s Toys and Games and 70s News and Politics question? Um, Well, being a Toys and Games uh, uh, novice or nothing, um, 
I said I knew it wasn't Game Boys, but I couldn't think of anything else, so I said Game Boy. Okay. And the uh, 70s news and politics question? Um, well, I had the racketeering part and the, and the criminal, but I couldn't remember the influence part, so I missed that one. Okay. So the correct answers um, for the two questions, the 70s news and politics, RICO stands for Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. Jeremy did get that one correct. And the 2000s toys and games, the Tiger Electronic PVD player was called Video Now. And so, yes, Jeremy gets both correct. Barry, unfortunately, getting neither correct. Uh, so, yes, not that there was probably too much drama, but uh, Barry, <laughs> what is your score? Zero. I bet zero. Bet zero, and you had a chance. Jeremy, if you bet <laughs> enough points, you would have become the highest scorer of all time. What did you wager? Uh, no, I just wagered 39. <laughs> all right. So, John, could you do all that math and let us know the final scores? All right, with a final score of 169 to 40, Jeremy is the winner. Woo! Yes, he is. Good job. Good job, everybody. That nice was, job. Uh, fun job. game. Tough game. Things. Things fit uh, pretty well into Jeremy's wheelhouse right there. Yeah, well, so. you kept rolling 90s and 2000s for the most part. Yep. Like. Yeah, yeah. Which, which the 2000s don't help me much. Although 2000s slang, forget it. Apparently, I know no 2000s slang. Maybe that's when I was like going through the I'm getting old now. So, yeah, <laughs> like I don't care what the kids are saying. Yeah, that's <laughs> hot. That is hot. All right. And... Every episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown is hot, in my opinion. Uh, but yes, thank you two very much for coming on the show. Jeremy, you're going to continue on. Uh, you will be facing Brian McClure in the next upcoming round, and he is a tough opponent. I'm excited to see how that one will turn out. But uh, Barry, unfortunately for you, this is the end of the patron tournament. But thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. Uh, you were fantastic. And again, appreciate your service. Appreciate you. And uh, please tell everybody anything that you want to bring up before we close out. Well, um, just uh, America's a great country. And uh, just remember, nothing is free. People paid uh, huge sacrifices for that freedom, even to be a knucklehead. You know, yeah, yeah. so make, make sure you support, uh, you know, the, uh, the values of America and what it was founded on and Realizing that we need to be decent to everybody, but uh, we also need to be true to uh, uh, the Judeo-Christian values that uh, America was founded on and, and uh, give consideration to everybody the way you want to be treated. Absolutely. Treat others the way you want to be treated. I, that's fantastic uh, way to put it. I really, really appreciate that. So for John, I'm Adam, and this was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast, or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head to head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Hello! Hello!
la la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Thank mm-hmm. you.